Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm speaking tonight with my good friends, John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hello. Hello. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we're here to, uh, I don't know, complain about Joe Manchin and maybe do some other things as well. <laughs> as usual. If you, yeah, <laughs> sadly. Uh, if you uh, want to uh, join us in complaining about things or you want to complain about us to us, uh, you can reach us in a few different ways. Email is contact at civilpoliticsradio.com or at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter or facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. Or just go to civilpoliticsradio.com and, uh, you know, listen to previous episodes of the show, uh, listen to supplementals and stuff such like and so forth. Um, and we're going to have a supplemental actually coming up, uh, what, uh, early next week, I think, about uh, school choice in Maine, I think. Is, uh, uh, probably. Yeah. Certainly, it's uh, <clears throat> an interesting topic, but uh, uh, I, I, I'm just the absolute dishonesty, uh, the, the, the cynical... Um, callousness of uh senator joe manchin of west virginia really just oh man so annoyed with i him. think he i think he just reneged on the progressives i thought he gave him a handshake that if yeah. they passed the infrastructure bill that build back better was okay with him they threw a couple of things in they were going to take out but i thought they had a handshake i thought they had a gentleman's agreement and he's 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 backing away well son you are no gentleman <laughs> uh, well, I I agree with that. Yes, and also um, the uh, child tax credit was only funded for one year because that was the way to accord with the um, uh, budget limits that he threw on the bill. Yep. Um, yep. His goalpost, and now <laughs> he's moving it. Yeah. yeah, he's like either take it out altogether or fund it for ten years. But if you put fund it for ten years, then I won't vote for it. It's like okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. You can't negotiate with somebody like that. The first law of the jungle is if people don't stick to what they agreed to, then you can't negotiate with them because they move, they move on you. But how furious they must be! He's been on the phone or been meeting with biden over the last couple of days and they said this total stalemate so there's really got to be a way to convince him like and not not convince him but like um i'm i'm really sick of the we need to convince him or we need to make it so he's okay with it just there has to be a way to 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 beat him with something until he relent, like he we some way to make him relent and say fine yeah. please please do this like there has to be something someone needs yep. to like get something on him like blackmailing yeah. i swear to god 
There's got to be something, something, I'm sure. Something that he needs in uh, in his state that they've agreed to that they can take back. Yeah, if he doesn't it's, behave. It's, yeah, it's, it's sort of more upfront, but you know the way Congress usually does it is just be mean. Yeah. Just Joe Manchin. <laughs> Joe Manchin is a guy who made a ton of money off coal from West Virginia, and he's a super wealthy, wealthy uh, elected official who represents about the poorest state in the country. Like, this is not a guy who has a lot of shame, who has a lot of yeah. concern for the well-being of others. You know, but he cares like, about money, so there's some way to get him that way. Right, but I mean, other than going after his money personally. I don't know what one would do. And again, uh, the reason why we are in this predicament, I say we collectively as a nation and really as a, a human species on this planet, because uh, arguing about this crap means that we aren't even beginning to address many of the other huge issues we have. But um, uh, the, the Senate is just a fundamentally terrible idea. Like I've really, I've really just lost any uh interest in the you know having like we should we should abolish the senate as a separate uh part of the legislative branch uh we we could combine them i I would be okay with that but the house of representatives is there to represent people based on like population size and districts and the senate is there to represent states yeah and, and, and it's a cooling saucer, right? It's the, it's the, it's the. Well, the it means it means that we have uh, Senator Manchin, who represents 05 percent of the population, uh, has in theory as much sway as a senator from California, who represents twelve percent of the population. It's true. He's it got, also he's means got, they get veto power. Yep. Yeah. Well, because the margins are so tight. And also it means um, on a practical level, <clears throat> I mean, just, just thinking about it, like the point of the Senate, especially remember the Senate didn't have, wasn't popularly elected. It was an appointed thing that the, the leadership of, of state governments would, would pick, basically. Mm-hmm. I'd like to call them the House of Lords. But... No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely the model, and it's, it's appropriate. It, you know, it's a House of Lords for a country that doesn't have a hereditary aristocracy. But, um, but a big part of the point no, no, is— the Kennedys. <laughs> a big part of the—or or the Bushes, yeah. A big part the of the Bushes, point yeah. is the same reason that uh, the House of Lords existed uh, in Britain, I think. It— Here's the thing. Suppose we have a measure that is broadly popular across the country, like, I don't know, uh, ending coal production to uh, reduce greenhouse gases. You know, people generally like that idea. It's broadly popular. It is a coal miner. Yep. It's broadly popular across the country. And there are only a few hundred thousand coal miners across the whole country. So, you know, it's a tiny, tiny number of people care about that. Um, But uh, the structure of the Senate means that a powerful vested local interest in, say, West Virginia that cares about continuing coal production because that's how they, you know, that's how they they wet their own beak, as mobsters would say, Um, you know, 
that they can spike that, that they can keep the broad national interest in something that's broadly popular from happening because okay. their oh, local their narrow interest is against it. I mean, like that's I, I don't remember anybody explicitly saying like, no, that's the point of the Senate. But I mean, that is absolutely like what the Senate does. And clearly it it's it, tyranny of the of the masses over the small interest. So the small rural state does have the ability to stop something that's going to hurt them. I mean, the coal's a good example for the flip side, but there's also the reverse side. Which is? Well, I'm trying to think of a good example, but it does give, <laughs> it does give agricultural states the ability to, to do mean, things that are... You mean the way we subsidize corn uh, in a way that's propping up the economy of Iowa, uh, which wouldn't happen if yep. we didn't care about yep. Iowa. Well, and uh, and the ethanol ruins small engines. Right now you have to buy a gallon of gas for 20 bucks with no ethanol in it to protect your small engine. I I that's that's an example. It's probably not a great example. But yeah, that that kind of, you know, right now in January this state is going to change the rule on eggs and chickens. And they're reducing the size. I mean, they're they're they, you have to provide a square foot of um, or a foot and a half, excuse me, a square foot and a half of space for chickens starting in January. And if they don't change the law, there's a is lot of egg suppliers. Increase or a decrease? Not, increase. increase for this for this street for this state. It's an increase, but we didn't have a law before, so this is a new law. And we just picked a bigger number than most of the rural states have. So usually it's a foot. And so our new law, which is new to us because we had no law, is a foot and a half. And all the egg producers are going, well, we won't be shipping to Massachusetts. So it's actually created sort of a crisis of the egg suppliers. I imagine they'll delay the implementation of the law so there are eggs in the stores after January 1st. And two two local companies actually are fine because they have plenty of space for their chickens but i think diamond farm is one diamond they're like a local egg producer and i think country hen is the other one in hubbardston mm. but you know an agricultural state could go to the senate and say you know this is going to put us all out of business do you really want to do this you know i'm not arguing the merits i think chickens should have as much space as they want so they're contented and the eggs will taste good but you know it's just they were trying to set a standard so that people don't have chickens in really small spaces. Sure, but and, this is a, this is a standard within Massachusetts, and yes, uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, a, a rural, like a small state, like you know, uh, uh, or a, a small, less populous state, like I don't know, one of the Dakotas, could go to the federal government to uh, try and deal with an issue with the uh, uh, more populous but still small state of Massachusetts. You know, yeah, like that's, a, that's California that's does state, this stuff all the time. Yeah, that's state versus state. Uh, yeah, I think you know, I'd, I'd like an to... example of a federal mandate being forced down the throats of those decent, hardworking, real American farmers and whatnot out and anywhere. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to well, go back to your example, Mike. Um, the there is a broad support of reducing coal across the country if we didn't have a Senate. Then and we had a overwhelming and and people actually voted with their constituents 
once in the house the population yeah, yeah the population. then it would be passed the th- the thing is that then it should go to the senate and instead of someone just halting it then the the state like joe manchin from the state of west virginia should say hey so if we pass this then my state's screwed what are you going to do yeah i mean having having a i here's something that might blow blow sue's mind um having a senate I don't mind it. I think it's I think it's if they if everybody was actually acting like adults then it would be good because we have a confederation of states. We have a United States. So we have representative government. The people are represented are represented by population. So those congress people can interact with their constituents that's why there are so many and why it's by population because you need to be able to go back to your district and actually talk to people the senators are supposed to represent the states because the states themselves are part of the federal government so i think but i think one of the issues is that wait states hmm? are not part of the federal government no i mean like no i mean like that they They the states make up the the country yeah, that the federal government should consider yeah. their interests because exactly. states have interests. Yeah. Well, the I mean that's have. that's what makes it, it makes us a it makes us a federal republic. It's supposed to. It's not all centered in one government o- over the whole nation. Like there is devolved power. Like I like I've said before on the show, the yeah. the the country is basically um, made up of a bunch of little countries. And all the yep. little countries have gotten together and said, "Okay, we're going to give some of the some of our power to a centralized government, so it can make decisions. So none of us are going to get so so we all can like group together and share power and everything, whatever. But the states still have control over you know their areas. So yeah. the Senate is their interest represented in the." in the uh, power sharing that they've created. It's good to have like representative for the people, but it's also good to have representatives for the state if, if, if everybody is actually acting in good faith. Which hasn't and happened in so years. I'm so excited <laughs> that I agree with you, Kanchanra. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It blew your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. The, I that think that, <laughs> and like I said, if these people actually did their jobs correctly the the what they should be doing is the people say we want to do this and like all the people on the coast say we want to do this and then the people in the middle of the country are like but that's all of our businesses you're yeah we'll be doomed like we're we're screwed now what are you going to do so then they need to go and discuss what they're going to do to implement this thing that everybody wants then it goes to the senate and the senate and those people from the senate say but this is going to screw over our our uh economy what are we what are you going to do for us and then the senate should discuss what they're going to do to make sure that the state doesn't fold in on itself that's, yeah, I, I, you know. I, I don't know that we need a, uh, a, a separate legislative assembly to make those interests work. But I certainly agree, and I think the see if you remember, I think I suggested on the show a few weeks ago that like the way we should deal with Joe Manchin, and by a broader extension, the way uh, we should deal with the interests, the concerns of people in West Virginia, 
is we should just buy them off. Mm. Like we should just say like, yeah, uh, okay. So, uh, uh, Joe, we know you've got this. You know, you you set up this company that brokers, you know, coal commodity sales, and now you gave it off to your son, and that's you know that's swell and all, and it's worth you know uh, uh, like around a, like a half a billion dollars or something like that. Right. Um, we're, we're we're just gonna buy that from you. You know. Yep. So and here's a big domain. pile of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're nationalizing the company. Here's a big pile of money. Now shut up. Yeah, get shut off. up. And all the people who are currently, you know, working in coal, um, we're just, you know, we're going to provide like COVID-style uh, unemployment UBI? insurance for them. Yeah, you're yeah, provide, basically. That see, that's the thing. The when the Senate, like the 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 senators are. Honestly, sometimes they're way too concerned about like specific people. They should be concerned about this their state, their state's interests. How is it going to how is this law going to fa- affect their state? And then the state says, Well, I don't well know. And then the senators say, I don't know. And then the 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 people, the people that live in the state say, Well, we want this, like because all the Congress people say we want this. So then they have to hash that out. This between the states and the people because they're two different centers of power in this country. And that's that's kind of why I kind of like the Senate. The problem is that I have issues with how just Congress is set up. And I think that I think that is a major thing. Like it's not like the problems a lot of the problems that we have with our how we are represented, how we are represented is that the way that they're doing that is stupid. It's screwed up. And they're all the rules that they've imposed on themselves to create power vacuums is what's ruining everything. Like the, the filibuster. If we didn't have the filibuster, then that's one, you know, like a lot of stuff would, wouldn't be like this, you know, but it's, if we, if we had clear and understandable and, equitable rules of how to make laws then i think that would make things a lot better i don't think that getting rid of the senate really necessarily needs to happen well i think well we we, we can wander off into uh all what? kinds of we don't like, wander what are you talking about I, I, I'm very I mean, very specific we, 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 I was just thinking the filibuster that they waved right. to get through the um, debt ceiling last week uh, right Right, right. When, 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 when the money really, you know, the money's on the table, then they can do things. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Actually, thinking about this, I have a, a wrinkle on a proposal I've made before on this show, which uh-huh. is, I think what we should do is we should change the structure of the House of Representatives. Like I, I I've already proposed in the past that we stop capping the number of of, of representatives just say like yes a, rep- a representative shall represent this many people yes and then just have however many we need yes yeah that's yes because the population yep. is yes grown. that's exactly what we should do we but capped it in like the 20s and it's stupid that we did that he, here's yeah, here's what i think we should do move their districts yep we should well we should combine the two assemblies into one unit each state should get three senators uh, who are elected every two years, you know, 
So like there's, they've got like a, because remember there's six year terms. So you've got like a rotating thing. So there's always a senator up on every two year election cycle. Um, 150 of them. Yep. Yep. And then uh, you can have two year representatives, but instead of electing them in districts by state, just start in the top left hand corner of the uh, of the lower forty eight, and just start apportioning them by population. Across oh, cross state lines. It's a federal assembly. Just have it be federal. You know, like just don't even worry about it, because mm. after all, someone who you know, someone uh uh, you know, a farmer uh in Ohio, in a town in Ohio, and a farmer in a town. Uh, uh, in right next to him, Indiana, you know, and the they they share a border. It's just you know, you cross a state line when you drive from one town to the other. You know, why shouldn't they? Like, you know, I don't see why they can't have the uh, be well represented by the same congressperson. I don't see why they shouldn't be. Uh, you know, and it's just a a way to sort of define it because the point is, it's 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 about representing people. You know, small groups of people or or specific sized units of people in a geographical area. Does the idea is like to catch that small interest? Like here in this district, we really care about X, Y, or Z. And you know, uh, uh, so the people you- can be represented by that. And then you know, you also have like each state. So people in each state then also get to vote on a state rep a senator you know every state two years senator. so you're well, saying a senator from the state let me let me un- put them all in the same legislative body and then the you know they all have the same each gets a vote but you know you've got like a solid consistent interest representing the states uh in the the senators who are there anyway in this uh, the best of all possible worlds which you've just described michael um would you how would you set up the districts for the um, for the reps? Would you try and include a little bit of urban with rural, or would you try and make cohesive, um, you know, keep all the miners together, keep all the farmers together, you know, keep all the industrialists together? How would you? I would try to districts? make. I would try to make compact, contiguous districts. Compact, contiguous. You know, basically the steps to avoid uh, gerrymandering. Yeah. And so if you didn't have enough population, would you just take a little piece of cities and include it, you know, so that you get. Uh, you make what you, if you make the to. district as big as they need to be to include the requisite number of people like, you know, I geography think this is, doesn't matter. I got it. Yep. Geography, well, geography will have some impact just because like people will live based on on their local geography. You know, you'll have a district that's in in Colorado that's pretty darn big because, you know, not a ton of people are living up, you know, on the peaks of the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Would you have a district that goes all along the Mississippi because of all the flooding issues so that people yeah, maybe within yeah. two miles could. of the Mississippi all the yeah. way down to the middle of the country? Yeah, could be. Yeah. I mean, the Mississippi River is a huge river system so there would be many uh congressional districts representing people you know living along the mississippi how whether you wanted to just follow the river itself specifically or if you just sort of 
spread the districts around and then districts may well include people who uh, are going to live along the Mississippi. I mean, I, I honestly, I could we could look this up, but, you know, there's tens of millions of people across many states who live and, and care about the uh, uh, live along and care about what's happening with the Mississippi and how we're how that the river system is being managed. Yeah. How are and you plus, going to apportion all these, all these, like, you still have states, so, but all of, like, all these representatives would cross state lines? Well, a lot of them would, yeah. So how would you the fighting vote begin. for them? <laughs> you vote for them based on what district you're in. So the, but the districts aren't contained within states. Not There's just federal so districts. To, yep. You'd, you'd vote for in Ohio and Indiana. Well, sort you'd, of. you'd vote for the Which representative would, for your district. That seems needlessly yeah, complex. Well, I, I mean, sure, but it's... The feds it's, would have to regulate those, those the elections feds, then. The feds would actually have to yeah. directly run those elections, also, yes, which is not yeah. how we do it. Also, but I mean, we're already the, get, you know, changing the Senate around, so I'm like... Hey, yeah. Also, uh, then you have the issue of what do you mean a community? Like... All up and down the Mississippi River, there are those. That's not like a contiguous community. There are many different communities, so you can't just have one or two people like representing like the Mississippi. Sure, you know, I agree. Like yeah. you have to have like that. That's that that's would be why, like having like a, a Senate where you've got like two people representing this huge swath of territory called South Dakota with like half a million people in it. I mean, that'd be that'd be crazy. You know, cuckoo bananas. But they're not re representing the people. They're representing the state. Well, they're representing a chunk of land. Yeah. Which presumably which is controlled is, about by the state. The state, they're which, representing the state's government, the state government's interests in the, in the federal system. Right. And I'm saying, again, the states uh, have uh, devolved all the plenipotentiary powers that are not specifically, you know, allocated to the federal government. So states... State governments have a lot of power regardless. Mm -hmm. uh, so do they need a separate federal assembly to represent their interests? It's not clear to me that they do. Mm? <laughs> um, uh, I think they do, but with I modification. Mean, I agree. It would be dumb to have, like, say, two senators just for the Mississippi River Basin. But that's uh, – I mean, that's basically – you know, the dumb system we currently have with the Senate just done differently. Mm. I'm saying let's get rid of that dumb system. But, yeah. OK. <laughs> Interesting. I have you to think about it some more. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's a good idea. Just I am sure it's mine. <laughs> and I just you know what? That's, a, that's a really good I way share. of putting that idea. I like it. I'm not well, sure if it's a good idea. I just know I had it. OK. <laughs> Quoted Albert Camus with uh, "In this, the best of all possible worlds." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you well quoted and Mr. Speaking McGill. of, Al yeah, <laughs> no, close. <Albert. laughs> I, uh, one could get them confused. So, uh, speaking of, uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea, but I know it's mine. I have this idea that we're going to take a short break, play some PSAs, <laughs> promos, and station IDs, and then come back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go away. I will be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres. 
and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, host of Civil Politics, and I'm joined by my good friends Sue Timberlake, uh, panelist on Civil Politics and also host of our lovely show Farm to Fork here on Valley Free Radio, <laughs> and John Roberts, the uh, executive producer, long-suffering friend, and also uh, host of uh, uh, Press Start to Continue. Press Start. Hello. Great, great music show here on Valley Free Radio. Yeah. Just cross promoting. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I mentioned that just because I actually I was uh, on uh, uh, Farm to Fork earlier this week talking about uh, uh, the new business Babylon. I'm starting. Yeah, so which yeah, very cool. Uh, if, if people have any interest in that, go to uh, the Farm to Fork page and uh, recordings of the episode out there. People can listen to or something, right? Yes. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reruns. It reruns. It actually reran um, Thursday the sixteenth. So probably be on again in a couple of weeks. But we had it on twice this week. So yeah, no, it was a great show. If you want to hear about how hard it was to start a business in the pandemic, especially a restaurant and gaming cafe, it's quite a story. So 
for anybody who's interested. So right, it's it's uh, uh, mostly me talking and Sue asking me questions for an hour. So I mean, if you're not <laughs> sick of it from this, <laughs> and I'm no Barbara Wawa, so right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You did you didn't ask me, you know, if I was a, some kind of tree, what kind of tree would I be? <laughs> she asked I that of what was you, I didn't make you cry either. She used right. to be good at making people cry. Right, but did, didn't she ask that question of the Shah of Iran? Right? Wasn't that I have no idea. She asked him. Uh, she she asked something. She there was a, some real classics. It was sort of amazing. Yeah. Like so, you've you've had to flee the the country you were ruling. Uh, you've been deposed uh, in a bloody revolution because uh, of your tyranny and your murderous, torturing secret police. Uh, what kind of tree do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, of uh, you know uprisings, moments in history. And moments in history. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, uh, I'm no particular fan of the, uh, uh, you know, theocratic government of the Islamic Republic of Iran, but I absolutely am 100%, uh, uh, down with overthrowing regimes, uh, that use secret police and torture people. Um, which is why I'm not down with the Islamic Republic because that's exactly what they do too. But, uh, I have shed no tears for the government of the, the late Ahmed, uh, Reza Pahlavi, the uh, Shah of Iran, back in the seventies. Uh, By but the yeah, way, so uh, that was Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. She asked her. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and did Catherine Hepburn say, "You know, you, you, don't don't make me go get Spencer Tracy to don't make me get Spencer Tracy to smack some sense into you." <laughs> no, she chose an oak. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> Oh, Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> she if she was you, the best. What kind of tree are you? Asked, she asked. And Hepburn chose an oak over a Dutch elm disease-stricken over a Dutch disease-stricken uh, elm, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, Dutch Ooh. elms was a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so uh, uh, speaking of uh, uh, overthrowing governments and whatever, uh, mm -hmm. uh what Can about you all these eighteen U.S. Code fifteen twelve? <laughs> yes. Well, I I, I got to say, just the absolute uh, night and day of uh, frantic texts from Fox News hosts to then President Trump's then Chief of Staff saying, "Oh my God, get him to stop this before it all goes bad. This is terrible." Um, and then like, oh, did Antifa do all this? Somebody did, and it wasn't us. It must be Antifa. <laughs> oh, the duplicitousness. Yeah, it's, it's frightening. Did you guys hear, I, I don't know if you heard this, Mark Meadows was using Signal, an encrypted um, application, for some of his communications up leading up to January 6th and on January 6th. Like official communications? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, you mean so it wouldn't get captured by, uh, uh, yep. you know, government servers and preserved for the public record? There's, there's five or six people, I guess, that were using Signal. I don't know all of them, but Mark Meadows was one of them. And, uh, uh, you know, my party, I can't believe it, the, the hell that we put Hillary Clinton through for using her own email. Yep. And 
And then these guys are using signal for official communications. It's this is the, oh, the, this has been hypocrisy. a pattern with the Republicans back during the Bush administration. You know, like with Karl Rove, they ran all kinds of you know White House policy initiatives through the Republican National Committee servers as opposed to official government servers yep. or whatever. Um, though that would explain why I saw a picture of Hillary Clinton on Twitter holding up a sign saying, but his emails. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark Meadows, yeah. it came out today or yesterday that um, he was using Signal. And so we're a lot of people in the core group. So the stuff that he volunteered isn't from his Signal account. So. People uh, used AOL accounts. For government business. Yes. Like yes. in the state house. To. They use AOL yeah. accounts. They're supposed to put a blind CC to the um, archives so that they are recorded. You mm -hmm. know, you just put in a blind CC, but, you know, obviously if you don't do that. Yep. Yeah, the, it's bad. I, you know, uh, it's something that we've remarked on many times, or certainly I've remarked on, and it's a continuing thing, but just like, you know, Sue, I got to say, like, you know, so many of the elected <laughs> officials from the GOP just they have no standards. They have no shame. Uh, they 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 don't have ethics. They just they will do whatever they will say, whatever they feel like they will do, whatever suits them in the moment. There, there's really nothing that holds them back. Quoting my famous singer. If if we didn't have double standards, we wouldn't have any standards at all. Oh, yes. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Yes, Dolly indeed. Parton. Yes, indeed. We should all be more like Dolly Parton, especially if we have money. <laughs> uh, well, she's so good to her community. I imagine she's doing a lot of stuff for Kentucky right now. So. She helped fund a, you know, she's one of the reasons why we have COVID vaccines. She put a lot of money into into funding research on them. So, yep. you know, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, I have huge respect for Dolly Parton. Uh, yeah, which is not something I would have thought I would say, you know, 35, 40 years ago when I first became aware of her, because, you know, like the and, press coverage is basically like, oh, she's, you know, bubbly blonde country singer, yeah, you know, she's yeah, party. But, blonde. you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you can't. Yeah. She's 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 super. They have no idea. Cares. And it's like, oh, well, you no, know, no, 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 wrong. now that I've said that quote and I was saying it about our Republican, my beloved Republican Party. Um, you know who she was talking about when she said if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all? Uh, well, any number of dudes, but perhaps Bill Clinton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Men in the in the recording industry. Oh, yeah. 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 Any number recording of dudes. industry is terrible, like historically terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible to everybody, but, you know, the women got some of the brunt of the, the oh, worst it's, of the it's assault. The, the, the men would always treat treat women worse because because they can't. It's it's all about abusing power. So, yeah. Well, my party, my party is. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with this one because it's it's hitting the fan big time. Liz Cheney, I was we, John and I were talking before we were on the air, and uh, she she is she's going to the mat for this. I mean, she has ruined any opportunity she's going to have uh, unless she really succeeds in which case you know she may have a reprieve but she is she's laying it all on the line she really is she's she's quoting the fox you know she's releasing texts that people said she's quoting uh 18 u.s code subsection 1512 which is a, a federal statute uh it's a felony
in its uh, criminal offense, 20 years in jail for obstructing by action or by inaction of yep. uh, official congressional um, business. Yeah. What do you call it? Vote, vote counting. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And she's really driving the bus at the moment in some ways, which I'm surprised at. I'm surprised that Pelosi's letting her drive the bus, but maybe it's because she's doing a really good job. Well, she's getting a lot of press attention. I mean, she's vice chair of the the, the special committee. Um, so that gives her some prominence. Um, but also, like, you know, it's a compelling narrative. You know, I mean, why? I think Nancy Pelosi is like, why am I going to get in the way of this? You know, the, the yeah. press coverage on this. Uh, let them focus on Republican Liz Cheney, who's got a name people have heard of. And, you know, a fair number of people respect that name from conservative circles still and just you know watch her saying like okay so uh here's what you said on tv and here's what you said behind the scenes same day and you know yeah well and will it be more successful than the Mueller report and two impeachments i mean that's the question right is is this actually going to end up with the justice department doing something Oh, man, you know, I don't want to I don't want to uh, uh, lay odds on Merrick Garland actually stepping up to the moment. Um, no, uh, I, I I hope so. It should. It needs to. Um, but honestly, I just expect uh, uh, the Biden administration to just be a bunch of, of wet noodles like in a in a soggy paper bag. You know, like if you remember, uh, like, you know, last year I said the campaign slogan of the Biden administration should be out of the fire, back into the frying pan. You know, and that's yeah. and that's that's pretty much what we've got. We aren't on fire the way we were with the Trump administration, just actively mismanaging and making deliberately terrible decisions. Uh, you know, it is better. It's just, you know, it's 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 better by being less crappy. It's less bad, but that doesn't mean mean in a lot of ways it's not all that good. Um, you know, and and because the the Biden administration isn't rising to the moment. There's a there's a writer I uh, I who I follow on Twitter that I quite like named A. R. Moxon, and uh, he wrote a novel called The Revisionaries that's on my to read pile. Um, and I think he 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 really sort of summed it up neatly when he's he's like, look. Uh, when you're in an extreme situation, taking extreme action is necessary and prudent. Uh, it's not the same as extremism. Extremism is like you're always at 11. You're always responding to a crisis or manufacturing a crisis to then respond to it in that way. You know, extremist views are like, you know, uh, uh, the, the stuff Neil Gorsuch has apparently been arguing from the Supreme Court bench that, uh, uh, you know, there's always a, a paramount interest in people's religious liberty, but, you know, the government's interest in protecting people from a deadly pandemic. Eh, I mean, is that really that important? I don't know. Compelling interest. I mean, compelling is kind of a strong word. You know, like that's that, that's that's nuts. So. Uh, I lost my thread. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't get the worldview of some of these um, justices. Some of it is, you know, legalese and really following technicalities, and you have to really understand where they are when they're saying stuff. But sometimes 
they come out with the darndest things. Like Justice Thomas the other day was talking about something, and it just it wasn't even pertain. It didn't even match what they were talking about, and the. Um, the person that was presenting to the Supreme Court in a very nice way tried to say, well, that's not really what's at issue in this case, Your Honor. <laughs> it was yeah. like, it, it was so off the mark. I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. I think we might have some dummies on the Supreme Court. No. Yes. Or there's certainly, um, there's certainly, and I thought the federal at least have good lawyers, but it's almost <laughs> like you, so. you can't follow the logic. Oh, Sue. The Federal Society. Well, oh, Sue. The Federal <laughs> Society exists to promote a particular political project, and it, they they exist to hollow out uh, uh, the you know democracy of of the American government, and you know institute a uh, uh, a you know Christian religious fascist state. I mean, Sue, that's, you're adorable. That's what they are? You know that you you are just the <laughs> cutest little thing. <laughs> Oh, my oh, sweet summer was, child. <laughs> I thought I was a big burly guy. So oh, I, my I goodness. Adorable. Oh, my sweet summer big burly guy. <laughs> I, I would say that to anybody if they said what you said. Yeah. Just, uh, mm, God, the, na- they, the naivete. Mm. I thought they at least knew the law. but Nope. No, so, no, well, no. no they, they know it. They just don't care. They don't. They don't yeah. like it. Well, that's a different issue. That's a different. <laughs> well, yeah. They're, 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 well, they, the they pass the yeah. bar. You know, like they right. know the law. But the, yeah. Well, but, but the I point mean, is, they're pursuing a particular political agenda. Like there's there's outcomes yeah. they want, and so whatever gets them there is is good is and is what they'll do, and they don't care how it works long term, you know, or how consistent it is. It's not about principles. It's about achieving a particular end. And that's and they'll do whatever they can to get there. You know that's what really it. bothers well, me? I always like people that do that, but I think they need to play in the rule, you know, within the lines, play within the rules. Yeah. I like people that take it to the edge, but <laughs> you're saying you, they go I, over it. So do you want that as a referee though? No, I'm saying that they 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 do take Referee, it to the edge. That's a good point. And they're doing everything they can to uh, get what they want. And you know they aren't uh, breaking a lot of laws. That's that's sort of the point. You know, like like oh yeah, yeah well Merrick Garland's been nominated to the Supreme Court, but nah, we just will ignore that. The, you know, the Supreme that Court kind of is the referee of the country. Yes, that's a good point, and they are making arguments for their colleagues, but unfortunately, the votes aren't there for the. Yeah. You know, we just like you were saying, the Senate should be functional, and they should be negotiating, and yeah. you know, give and take, and cover something for the miners, and make sure they're not just left, you know, bereft. The same thing with the Supreme Court. <laughs> I want them to make their best argument. But I also want the outcome to be, you know, within the letter of the law. Well, they shouldn't be making arguments. Well, they are in the sense that they ask pointed questions. So they say, well, if if this were the case, you know, then would it be okay if the states all had different outcomes? Is that going to be? But you I mean, know, they're asking pointed questions so they understand the argument that the people yeah, are making. They're to them. they're not supposed to like the the thing I was going to say is I really it really bothers me when uh, the news says well the conservative majority you know it's not like 
It's nine people. It should be it, it should be nine individuals yeah. coming at uh, it from one thing yeah. that I, I will bring up about the Supreme Court. There is nothing that says that you have to be a judge to be on the Supreme Court. It can be anybody. Yep. I, know. I could be on amazing? the Supreme Court. Yep. Like yep. there there's no, like you you have just to just got to be are, nominated and then confirmed. There are qualifications like in a lot of places for to be a judge, but not to be a justice. Um, but the, 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 we don't want judge like justices to be taking it to the edge. That's what politicians are for. That's what that's, if you like that, then that's what people that make laws and, uh, and enforce laws, that's their job. Even though I disagree wholeheartedly, but like, that's that it, it, that's not what the referee should be in a ball game. You shouldn't have a referee that is pulling for one of the teams. They should just be there to adjudicate. That's what they're there for. If someone brings a case to the court, then the court should say this, and then they should just leave. That's it. There's a there was talk about a a change in the rules for the Supreme Court to say if you're if you're a member of the Supreme Court, you can't partake in any any political anything political. Yep. Yeah, um, ethics kind of stuff. Yep. Exactly, which I think is should happen. Like, Good. if you're a justice, yep. then you shouldn't be giving money to any candidate. You shouldn't be participating oh, in any fundraisers. Even your spouse, all sorts of money. Yeah, yeah, she's you getting all kinds of money from that. people. Um, yeah. you shouldn't be connected to any of that whatsoever. And that is what you give up when you become a Supreme Court justice. Well, like federal, that, you know. federal judges at every level except the Supreme Court uh, are bound by those ethics constrictions because Congress can absolutely pass laws to uh, uh, restrict what uh, uh, the, the, you know, what the qualifications are and criteria are for mm -hmm. lower yeah. courts because that's specifically established. You know, it's like Congress shall establish those courts as they see fit. But the Supreme Court is established specifically by the Constitution as a third branch of government. And so Congress can't set law, set laws for the Supreme Court just because, like, it's a co-equal branch of government, you know? Like, oh, that's why they want them to rotate, because that'll put them under the ethics rule when they're out at the, at the district, you know, the federal. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that's why they – I was like, why do they want Supreme Court justices to rotate? You know, so well, yeah, exactly. 12, but they, and so, and so, so they the can also – right. And so they can then also say, like – you know, Judge Kavanaugh, there are a number of outstanding uh, uh, legal and criminal complaints against you for sexual assault. Uh, and also, uh, we have a lot of questions about where your, you know, half a million dollars, you know, your quarter of a million dollars in, I think it was gambling debts, for God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, you know, like how you, the, 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 your half a million dollars in, or, or you know, uh, actually. How did they get paid suddenly? Yeah. Who paid them off yeah. suddenly? Like, like. Yeah. Who and why and how, what's going on? Uh, uh, you know, and those have been referred, you know, like like if he hadn't been put on the Supreme Court, uh, those had been referred to the Justice Department for investigation. But, you know, you know it's like, well, now he's a Supreme Court just, just, justice. It's like they passed it off to the court and just said, you guys should deal with this and shrug. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shrug. Well, can I tell you an active activist thing I like about the court? Because I don't like activists, just judges. But you guys know I'm pro-choice, right? And so I like it 
even though it's probably not the best route. I like it that they gave women the right to control their own body in the Constitution. You know, that's what the previous Supreme Courts have done for the last 50 years. And it was kind of a stretch. You know, it's not quite written there. It's not like it was an amendment that overturned, you know, women are equal like the Voting Rights Act. But I I liked it that they pushed the letter of the law to give women rights over their own body. And that's, you know, it's going to be really too bad if it doesn't if it doesn't stand up. But I, I don't mind that. I don't mind them saying, well, you know, technology didn't really exist when the Constitution was written. So we have to figure out, you know, what's illegal search and seizure on cell phones. So we have to interpolate. And I don't, I don't mind that too much. Well, that's part of being a referee too. You need to interpret, interpret the, the law in the, in the current like era, because then uh, you, you say, well, this law, you meant to do this, but with this, with these new laws that we have and these new definitions, it means this. So if you don't want that anymore, then go write a law. But they're there yeah. to interpret the the laws as it as it stands. And this is why areas. I don't really like, um, you know, strict constitutionalists or whatever constructionists or whatever. Um, but the, none of the us law have any rights. Yeah, the law has is is ever evolving and the Supreme court is there to say, well, this law was written 50 years ago. How does that apply to what we have now? And, you know, well, the idea of like, quote unquote, originalism, that's it. Thank you. Originalist. Yeah. 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 You you know, here's the thing, like conservatives are originalists because it, it are quote unquote originalists because it's a good handy talking point. You know, it's a it's a bumper sticker slogan and mentality, mm-hmm. um, but they don't actually care because, you know, it's very clear that uh, both as the laws were originally passed and as they've been interpreted for centuries, uh, you know, the idea of an individual's personal right to own firearms wasn't uh, what the Second Amendment set up. But Did you hear what Ruth, Antonin Ruth Scalia Bader? really likes like that. And, <laughs> you know, the conservatives, uh, you know, like the Republican uh, Party flax were, you know, had a, had the votes on the Supreme Court. And so Scalia got to write the opinion. And suddenly, you know, it did, was, you, you, did you hear what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said to him about being a textualist? She said, we're all textualists. That's what we're doing. We're reading the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> Because he said he called himself a textualist too. Right. Strict, strict text. Yeah. Anyway, we'll miss her. We'll uh, miss her. Yes, unfortunately, uh, 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 Amy Coney Barrett is definitely a downgrade. So, but I hear the music, so I guess we've got to wrap this up here. So, uh, thank you for listening, everybody, to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, think we'll be back next week doing another couple of show another show and then after that i i don't think we're planning to knock off uh for the holidays so uh you know we'll see joining us yeah yeah we, we might uh, we might take one off for new year's or something like that we'll see anyway uh but that's gonna do it for us for now we do have a podcast version of this show that's gonna be uploaded to the various streaming services uh, around 1 a.m on monday uh and we have a repeat broadcast airing here on valley free radio at 4 p.m on monday so 
listen to us again or hello again if you're already doing that. And uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's oh, going to do Oh, one more it. thing. Today yeah. is my grandma's birthday. Oh, she is Happy 99. Birthday, Goodness well gracious done. me. I, <laughs> well done. Yeah, Good job okay. surviving. But thanks. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Happy birthday, Nani. And I, yeah, no, I. Wow, that's impressive. 99, yes. <clears throat> the best agent from Control. Better even than number 86. You know what? True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Okay, uh, okay, Chief. So we're going to wrap this up. So thank you for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10, and then OK Asia at midnight. So keep on listening, because there's a lot of good stuff to come. Thank you all for now. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.